the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. I was taught in journalism school back when it really was journalism uh, to present both sides of an issue. So in fairness uh, to the Chinese people and the uh, Chinese Communist Party, I must read you uh, China's response to the Energy Department of the United States of America saying that COVID-19 came from a lab. Uh, China says it has been open and transparent in the search for the origins of COVID-19, except for that part where they took away all the samples and wouldn't let the WHO in the Wuhan Institute of Virology, except for that part. Uh, China has, quote, shared the most data and research results on virus tracing and made important contributions to global virus tracing research. Foreign Ministry spokesperson Mao Ning Mao told reporters at a daily briefing, politicizing the issue of virus tracing will not smear China, but will only damage the U.S.'s own credibility. Mao said, well, Mao, what color is the sky in your world? I do not know. But that is China's view of the Energy Department saying that COVID, like the FBI said earlier, came from a lab. Now I've covered both sides. Okay. I really have a hard time presenting both sides when it comes to the Biden administration argument that it's student loan forgiveness program is constitutional because I don't know how in the world it could possibly be constitutional for a president with the stroke of a pen to write off $400 billion in loans that college students willfully and willingly entered into. Uh, They were not forced to do so at the point of a gun. Uh, Typically, when you sign a loan agreement, you attest to having read the agreement, the interest rates, the repayment schedule, and all of that. But I think this is kind of a demonstration of our lack of accountability in our country, right? One of the things that my parents' generation had on steroids was personal responsibility and accountability. And they communicated that to their children, me and you. Now, I think we hopefully have endeavored to communicate that to our kids, but they are peppered by so many differing views. And once they go off to college, not a Christian college or not a, you know, college like Hillsdale or someplace like that, but once they go off to major universities, and we have one of the majorest ones right here in this town, uh, they're told that, you know, you deserve this. Madison Avenue has that ingratiated that thought in people's minds for decades. You deserve it, right? Us, oh, new car. You deserve it. Well, I mean, you do if you work for it. That's my response, but leave that part out. Here's one of the advocates for student loan forgiveness. His name is Jamal Bowman. Now, you might not have heard of Jamal Bowman. Jamal Bowman is a U.S. congressman. He's a member of the squad 
if in fact men are allowed to be members of the squad. Uh, but here's Jamal Bowman telling everybody last night outside the Supreme Court why Joe Biden's student loan forgiveness should not be subjected to the Supreme Court tossing it out. Why the hell are we paying for education in the first place? College should be free because guess what? When we get out, we are contributing to this society and this democracy and this economy and making it stronger. Now, that's an interesting logic. Jamal Bowman is saying, why are we paying for college? College should be free because when we get out, we're contributing to society, industry, business, and making it stronger. Now, okay, is that true? Well, in the case of, sorry to pick on you, philosophy majors and uh, diversity, equity, and inclusion (laughs) majors, no, you're not contributing anything to society. But let's say Jamal Bowman is correct on, for instance, an engineering degree. Shouldn't have to pay for an engineering degree because you go to work for some big company and you engineer something that makes life simpler and you're contributing to the economy. Okay, if we're going to buy Jamal Bowman's argument, my question would be, where does Jamal Bowman's argument stop? Like, I could leave here today, and I could drive over to Wendy's. Well, I mean, if it's free, why would I go to Wendy's? I mean, I might as well go to, like, J. Alexander's, right? And I could go in, and they could give me a nice big salad or a steak or a piece of salmon, and when they present the bill to me, I could say, I'm not going to pay for this. This should be free because you giving me the meal gives me sustenance, gives me energy, fuels my body, and then I can go out and I can engage in commerce that furthers the economy, right? I mean, I, I I could stop every morning. I could stop at the Bob Evans on my way to work and I could say, uh, I'd like an omelet, please. And then they asked me to pay for it. I could say, well, I'm not going to pay for it. I mean, but I'm going to be full of energy and able to focus on the task at hand when I go on the radio today. Oh, that's a ridiculous argument, of course. And they would, I'm sure, waste no time telling me that it's a ridiculous argument. So Jamal Bowman's argument does not hold water because the fact that you get out and contribute to society is a decision you make to go to college to further your earning potential by going to college. So you don't have to go to college. It's not a right. I know we're big on rights in this country, that health care is a human right and bodily autonomy is a human right and all that. Your rights are much more limited than the people who are always advocating for everything to be a right actually uh, believe is the case. But no, you don't have to go to college. You don't have to incur that debt. You could go out, become a plumber's apprentice, crawl around on your belly under houses in the mud in the heat of the summer, bugs, cobwebs, rats. You could do that for a couple of years, not incur college debt, draw a salary, learn the trade, eventually start your own business and get ahead that way. But you've chosen to go to college and get a degree or at least to pursue one. 
So this argument makes no sense. I haven't even gotten to the constitutional part of the argument yet, which is that Congress controls the purse strings, and if a student has entered into a loan agreement with the U.S. government, then you should have to live to the terms of that agreement. Because if we get to the point in this country where signing a contract does not bind you to follow through on that contract, well, then why would you ever make a mortgage payment? Why would you ever make a car payment? Why would you be subjected to anything that a court of law might impose upon you? In fact, laws are written down too, and if we don't have to pay attention to our signature on a piece of paper, why do we have to pay attention to what somebody wrote in a law book years ago. I didn't have anything to do with that decision. That law doesn't apply to me. You see, if we are going to follow this logic out to its inevitable conclusion, we are going to do away with all the parameters that keep our society somewhat orderly. It's not nearly as orderly as it used to be, but it still has some degree of order. But if we're going to just say, no, uh, I want that, it should be free, Where does that stop, and what does that do to our culture the more we walk that out? Now, the big key on this case is not the constitutionality of it, because there's just no way the Biden administration can argue the constitutionality of it. In fact, they're not even going to argue the constitutionality of it. What they're arguing this morning right now at the Supreme Court is that the states that have brought this case were not damaged by Joe Biden's student loan forgiveness, and therefore they don't have standing. Now, the viewpoint of the states, and they're all clustered right in the middle of the country except for South Carolina, is that, no, our citizens were harmed by this, the people who didn't go to college and have to now foot the bill for this student loan forgiveness by paying taxes to fill the hole created by Joe Biden's signature, bombing a $400 billion crater in our budget, those people have been damaged. I don't see any way this stands, but in this culture, who knows? I do not know how I missed this story. In fact, I do not know how the national media missed this story. Columbus, Georgia. Let's do a little test. Producer Pam, did you know that on February the 17th in Columbus, Georgia, that nine children uh, were shot by a uh, gun-wielding assailant and a juvenile accomplice? Nine children were shot. No, Columbus, Georgia, Shell Gasoline Station, just after 10 p.m. I'll read it to you. Two people, including a teenager, have been arrested and charged in connection with the shooting of nine children at a Georgia gas station last week. Police were called to the Shell gas station just after 10 p.m. on February 17th, where they found nine juveniles suffering from gunshot wounds. All nine victims, which included a five-year-old boy, were taken to hospitals with non-life-threatening injuries. Police arrested 35-year-old D'Angelo Robinson Sr. and a 15-year-old boy... For the shootings. Now, why would we not have heard of this? Can anyone think? Can anyone come up with a reason? If you guessed that it is because uh, Mr. Robinson is African-American, you are correct. 
You are correct. I'm sure all the victims were probably African-American, too. It probably oh, took place in an African-American portion of Columbus, Georgia. And it's, it's no less fortunate that this happened because the shooter was black than it would be a national case, and you know it would be, if all the victims were black and the shooter was white. And there's this very disturbing story out there, this hullabaloo going on right now with the uh, creator of Dilbert, the comic strip Dilbert, uh, who was talking about a poll over the weekend that was taken by Rasmussen, where it was like 53% of black Americans agreed with the statement, it's okay to be white. 53%. And the headline on the poll that I saw was a majority of black Americans say it's okay to be white. Like this was good news. No, this is not good news. If almost half of the people surveyed by Rasmussen think that there is something wrong with being white, it is a major, major problem, just like it would be a major problem if even 10% of America said that, no, it's not okay to be black. See, the continual double standard that we use when we talk about race in our country is not solving race issues in our country. It is making race more of an issue in our country. So I just thought that was incredible to me. There are always stories, and we always say, yeah, but if this and whatever. But this one, like, leaped off the page at me. Nine juveniles shot, and it... It's a, it be, it's became and stayed a local story. And it's purely, I'm open to other suggestions, why, why the races are not the major explaining factor in how this story didn't go national. But it didn't go national. <sighs> Sherrod Brown, state senator from Ohio, apparently is taking some heat, according to Fox, for being in California fundraising. I mean, he does have a Senate race coming up. In 2024, fundraising instead of uh, holding the Biden administration's feet to the fire on East Palestine. Sherrod Brown was asked about Joe Biden not going to East Palestine and having no plans to go to East Palestine. And in his inimitable, gravelly voiced uh, denial of reality, here is Sherrod Brown talking about Joe Biden not needing to go to East Palestine. I talked to his staff more than to him, but the staff or him twice, three times a week, um, holding their feet to the fire and making sure they're doing what they should be doing. So whether he comes here or not is not, I don't think, is a particularly big deal. Of course, he's not going to say that it's a big deal that Joe Biden has not been to East Palestine. But the fact that it continues to come up uh, is proof that it is a big deal. Here's Kristen Welker on NBC talking about Joe Biden in terms of his failure to go to East Palestine and what it could mean for him in his inevitable re-election bid. But I have to tell you privately, some allies of the president are concerned that he hasn't been there yet and they're saying he needs to go. But I've pressed them over and over again. Are there any plans for the president to go? And they say there are no conversations about that. They reiterate what you just said. We were on the ground within two hours of this crisis happening. We've gotten all the resources there that are needed. And I do think big 
picture, there's a question. Optics are important when you're dealing with yeah. a crisis like this. There's no doubt about that. We learned that during Hurricane Katrina, for example. The question is, will this backfire on President Biden mm-hmm. if he doesn't go? Well, I hope so. Would I bet so? No, I wouldn't, because the media will not hold his feet to the fire on it. But Ben Shapiro has said several times in the aftermath of the Biden administration not getting the importance of this, that this will be the end of Pete Buttigieg's career in politics. That Pete Buttigieg, who is loved by uh, elites in the Democratic Party, has no future because he failed to recognize that a burning mushroom cloud of toxic chemicals in a working class area like East Palestine might be a place where Democrats could score some political points by getting out there in a hurry and indicating that the Biden administration understands what's going on. Instead, it took Pete Buttigieg 10 days to tweet about it, not 10 days to get there, 10 days to tweet about it. And then Donald Trump announced he was going to go and Pete Buttigieg Decided, okay, I'll go, but I won't go until the day after Trump goes. Now, I know, had Buttigieg hustled off to East Palestine and got there the day ahead of Trump, it would have been seen as, well, sure, he moved heaven and earth to get here in advance of Trump just so we could have the political talking point of saying, I beat Donald Trump here. True, but wouldn't that have been better than than having to deal with You didn't come until Trump showed up because the alternative is worse, which only goes to underscore. When Donald Trump is involved, the Democratic Party loses all attachment to common sense. I firmly believe their entire response to COVID, their entire insistence on vaccines, and the vaccine thing gave them a total layup. Like, they have been looking, how many years did they sue for Trump's tax returns, right? And then they finally got him. Do you remember the big revelation from the Trump tax returns? Oh, no, neither do I, because they were just tax returns. How many years did they concoct the Russia collusion hoax theory and pour tens of millions of dollars into the Mueller investigation? And when they got to the end of it, what did they have? Nothing. They had nothing all in an effort to get Trump. But when they could have hung the vaccine and its failure to work around Trump's neck, they didn't do it. (laughs) These people don't recognize a layup when they have it handed to them. And so, I love to believe that this is divine intervention, that they continue to... uh, put their foot in their mouth and put a pie in their own face. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. 
The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.